welcome to this episode of Tell Me More. I'm here with Dr. Wiles, and we are introing 1 Corinthians, and we look at a broad view of what it really was like in Corinth, as well as just themes that are going to shape the next few weeks of our life together. And I think it's a fun conversation. It's meaningful, it's challenging, and I hope you stick with it. So thank you for joining us, and enjoy. Welcome to Tell Me More. I'm Katie Reed Hodges, your host. That's what Ryan tells me I am. And I'm here with Dr. Dennis Wiles, our pastor. And this podcast is a chance for us to uh, unpack, talk about, uh, for me to be told more by the pastor about what he's preaching and what he's thinking. And pastor, we have just stepped into, dove into a journey in this next nine weeks on 1 Corinthians. It is correct. We've left we've left the sunny shores of Philippi, <laughs> which I was a you nice kept trying to make it Ephesus, but it actually was. It Philippi. was. It was. It, yeah, and I told Ryan I think it was a nice um, reprieve between uh, preaching through Ecclesiastes, correct, and then yeah, Philippians, and now we're woof, some heavy. <laughs> we're going to walk yeah. through some heavier topics again with Corinthians. That's so. right. But you kicked it off yesterday, and mm-hmm. um, hoping that the people who are listening now. I've already listened to that. That's mm-hmm. in a podcast form as well on our church mm-hmm. podcast. So mm-hmm. and that, then this will help us unpack just some of those themes and do that. Mm-hmm. So we talked about Paul a lot last the last few weeks because we were reading Philippians. Mm-hmm. And so I think we've got a good profile of Paul. Mm-hmm. But what we don't have a good profi- profile of is the city of Corinth, mm-hmm. in which you've quoted Kurt and saying it was something like not what could go right in Corinth, but what what could go wrong? Yeah, what could possibly go right? Help me. Yeah. yeah, what could possibly, yeah, <laughs> right. we, could, we could quote him. But just that it was a, a city fraught with mm-hmm. pagan worship, mm-hmm. with just secular ideas, mm-hmm. uh, all kinds of gambling and sports. And it's like mm-hmm. Vegas of the, <laughs> of the Mediterranean. Right. So do you want to tell us a little bit about Corinth, which I think can then lead us into other just other topics that we've touched on or you mm-hmm. touched on the other day? So you can tell us about that. Sure. And, you know, uh, one of the things that I, I do love about early Christianity is the fact that it um, these churches that were established in the first century in particular, and then even into the uh, early in the second century as well, they were primarily uh, in urban centers, in, mm-hmm. in influential you communities, that. you know, mm-hmm. because I think sometimes, sometimes people, uh, Americans in particular, many times when they think about um, Christianity, it, it's almost... Um, like it's viewed as this agrarian rural movement that mm. somehow has made its way into Got our it. country. Yeah, you know? it's kind of campy and <laughs> right. just, okay. And uh, whereas actually... With Paul. Yeah, Paul visited these major urban centers, these metropolitan areas, and Corinth would have been one of those. So these are cities that were on the map. Yes. And I mean, yeah. it's not like... Like I asked you a couple weeks ago, Paul of Tarsus. Mm-hmm. Is Tarsus anything or is right. it only something because of Paul? But right. these cities he's visiting, yes. they're strategic. Absolutely. And we've, we would have known For about sure. them in history either yes. way. Probably. I mean, Corinth, I mean, was rivaled only by Athens in Greece mm-hmm. and... So it's an urban center. It's a, it's a um, commercial center, very economically prosperous. Um, it was located on this isthmus. And so, you know, you could, um, they actually developed this pulley system, um, kind of like a, almost like a concrete pathway for, for small uh, ships to, to either have their cargo transported or sometimes they could even be, if they were small enough, the, the ship itself could be moved across this isthmus. 
and that way you didn't have to sail around uh, in the more dangerous waters, you know. So so very strategic. Very strategic. In and you, so you had people there from all over the world, mm-hmm. and uh, and so it was very. It was an economically prosperous community, cosmopolitan because of the people from across the world. It was also a religious center. You had no less than probably about twelve different temples in Corinth. Uh, I guess the most famous one would be the Temple to Aphrodite. Um, and then um, it was also a, a, a very uh, a, a culture that was very much bathed in athletics. You had obviously the Olympic Games in the ancient world, but the Isthmian Games were the second most um, famous games in the ancient world, and they were in Corinth. Okay. So you you literally have this thriving community. I mean, I don't know is it is it Las Vegas and I don't know, L.A. maybe combined mm-hmm. <laughs> in our minds. You know, it's an entertainment place, but it's um, it's uh, almost like Houston. It's the shipping capital, but it was um, um, but it was also characterized by, I don't know, if maybe debauchery might be the mm-hmm. right word. I mean, to Corinthianize someone meant to corrupt them morally. Mm-hmm. That's what the word meant. So mm-hmm. it's almost like a Las Vegas as well. So yeah. very famous ancient city it was a, it was an ancient greek city the romans conquered it and, and romanized it if you will so when paul arrives um i don't yeah, know the... ad 50 okay. i'm guessing somewhere in there um priscilla and aquila are jews who have been mm-hmm. um removed from rome claudius removed the jews from rome for a while some of that had to do with his lack of understanding of what was going on with with this whole christianity thing and uh, so um anyway so they end up in corinth that's where paul meets them and they have a they have a similar trade they're craftsmen um we, we usually translate the word tent maker it's a little bit hard to put into english but nevertheless hmm. they work together and paul's there as a missionary and um and then silas and timothy show up and paul leaves the um the tent making business and just goes full out into evangelism mm-hmm. and and sharing the gospel and trying to plant a church and um, and he he's able to do that he spends a year and a half there um, and so it it becomes a very strategic beachhead for Paul hmm. so much so that uh, when you read First Corinthians and Second Corinthians as best we can tell there are actually four letters from Paul. Mm-hmm that are mentioned that make up all the, the letters that, to right, Corinth. the corpus if you will mm-hmm. two of those we've lost and how do we know this um well paul mentions them okay. you know in my previous letter uh-huh. <laughs> um which and then we you're don't like, have uh... <laughs> right, we'll have that <laughs> flipping back <laughs> right yeah. so okay. um uh and then he um also writes this sorrowful letter that he mentions in second corinthians which which is not we first corinthians we don't okay. have that so but we do have two very lengthy manuscripts from Paul at our church this spring we studied the second of the mm-hmm. second Corinthians yes has a lot to say about reconciliation and that's where that book if y'all are with us we have a reconciliation book that Kurt put together that's Kurt right. and I I had a hand in yeah. that one yeah. yeah you were part of that yeah and then um, but this time we're we're going to look at first Corinthians and it offers us um, it, it just offers a lot Katie I would say it's uh, it's a it's a letter for first of all it is um it's what scholars refer to as occasional epistolary literature. Hmm. So what that means is, is that it's epistolary, it's a letter. Mm-hmm. Occasional means that it was written for a specific occasion mm-hmm. at a specific time and place. So when you're reading it, you're 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 going to be challenged to have to do some homework. And yeah, you know, so because there's it, context. That's is that what right. I'm hearing? Right. And Paul, how much of that context do we have? 
We have a really good bit of that okay. context. Because some, you, you know, know, some sometimes we don't. Some but we texts do here. in the Bible we don't really know. Revelation would be one of those. That's right. We don't really know everything right. referenced behind there, and some mm-hmm. people that try to put too much reference to it, right. we don't respect too much. But right. you're saying for Corinth and the letters, mm-hmm. we know a lot we of do. the context. We have, we have a of lot the of occasion that yes, he's writing about. A lot okay. of material available for us to to draw from, which is a good thing. Mm-hmm. Um, we know that there were. Um, you know, some crises in the church, some uh, things that, that Paul felt led to address. Evidently, Paul received notification from Chloe's household, whoever mm-hmm. that was, okay. and uh, asking some some questions. Mm-hmm. And Paul even says, I've heard, you know, from Chloe um, that this is happening. So we know that he's having dialogue with this church. It's important to him. Mm-hmm. Uh, we think he's in Ephesus when mm-hmm. he writes this. Mm-hmm. And uh, so he's um, he's trying to address some specific situations. However, what, what happens in the letter, this is where it can be, I think, really good for us as, as a church, okay. as we're trying to, to, to um, flex, develop our biblical interpretive skills. Yeah, you've talked about that you a know, lot. Like muscles, this, this season in 1 Corinthians is going to challenge us to mm-hmm. be good students of the Bible Correct. and learn some exegesis. That's right. Just a big word mm-hmm. for studying the Bible. That's right. Mm-hmm. And so, well, okay, because mm-hmm. it's so occasional, because mm-hmm. it has such a specific context in which right. it's written, mm-hmm. that, where, that's where exactly Romans right. was more circular. Yeah, Romans it is has a kind treatise, of theology for the will. ages. Okay. That's right. Uh, Ephesians is, if you think about it. Ephesians mm-hmm. is a, we actually have ancient manuscripts of the letter to the Ephesians where when Paul says, you know, Paul an apostle, Christ Jesus, whatever, mm-hmm. to the Ephesians, uh, to the church at Ephesus, we have manuscripts that have that blank church at fill in mm. the blank. It's a circular letter, and same, so it's same much content. more general. Mm-hmm. That's right. Mm-hmm. This though is just for this occasion. Is written for this church, but as as under the inspiration of the Spirit of God, mm-hmm. Paul is led to offer us some incredibly timeless, eternal truths. Mm-hmm. And so, the task of the interpreter, you know, first of all, is making sure we know what the text says. That's the textual critic's job to get to make sure we got the right text, which mm-hmm. we've done that. Mm-hmm. Then now the question is, what does the text say? What did it mean to its original recipients? Mm-hmm. What was Paul addressing in this particular part of this letter? And then what do we take from this text that we recognize is actually timeless material for us. that we really don't even have to contextualize, actually. It's just something we need to hear, understand, and apply. Mm-hmm. And so that's why I think First Corinthians offers us a great chance to really learn about mm-hmm. uh, all, the whole science of hermeneutics, of mm-hmm. biblical interpretation. Mm-hmm. And, and it's really the responsibility of the church to do it. We, every generation of the church has had to do it. And uh, so I'm, I'm really excited about the fall. I think it's going to be good for us. It'll be fun. A little challenging because, you know, when you're doing your daily Bible readings and you're reading about food sacrifice to idols, mm-hmm. you might be wondering, oh, oh okay, do I do when do this? I get to the good part? Uh-huh. <laughs> you know? Although, you know, Ashley and I were talking about this, Ashley Berry Hill, because you were saying um, that that's not very applicable. And I agree, food sac- we don't go to right. Kroger and right. wonder who, yeah. who was this sacrifice to. <laughs> right. But more and more, my generation is awakened to the idea of food Sourcing Correct. food ethics. Mm-hmm. So I even I, you know, if you peel back layers, yeah. we'll convince, you there can, are you can people there. at Kroger saying, you know what, mm-hmm. I actually care where this comes from mm-hmm. or this product, or mm-hmm. you know, we, we have that in us, mm-hmm. but it's not as easily mm-hmm. applicable correct. as some other texts that That's we read. Mm-hmm. So do, to me, that that sparks a good conversation. You don't like the word moderate, nope. to describe our the, our theology. <laughs> right. I'd say our what we are. I don't mind it so much, right. but it's almost like tell me a better word and I'll use right. it. Correct. But I understand because it feels so tempered. Right, and, I, I come from a different era than you, yeah. and to me that word was more um, 
it, it, it's more almost accusatory, if mm. you will. And so when I hear it, I, I, I kind of cringe just a little bit because I don't, I, it, it feels almost noncommittal. It's right. almost like, well, you can't really even decide. You're, yeah. I guess you're just, just moderate. kind of moderate towards mm, something. No, actually, I'm pretty convinced. Yeah. I'm just not convinced that I, I'm, I'm convinced I may not agree with whoever's yeah. accusing me but of But when we talk about biblical interpretation, <laughs> right. I think that's where the moderate light shines because mm-hmm. you're saying if you look at Corinthians and, as a fundamentalist right. and you take every word mm-hmm. seriously, well, then mm-hmm. I ought not be mm-hmm. a co- co-equal Correct. laborer. Exactly in, right. I, I ought not be ordained by right. our church. and probably Let the, the women the, keep silent in the yeah, church. Yeah, I mean, I preach some. Absolutely. Yeah, all that would be. Mm-hmm. But if we don't take it... If we take it too liberally, mm-hmm. which you're saying there are ditches on both mm-hmm. sides, then we might not take any of it as it. God's mm-hmm. um, timeless mm-hmm. truth correct. for us. That is correct. And that's where mm-hmm. I like to mm-hmm. belong to a moderate church, mm-hmm. where we look at it in its context mm-hmm. and discern together mm-hmm. what was particular to the occasion mm-hmm. and what is for us to live mm-hmm. by today. Exactly. Yeah. And, it, and, it, and, it, and this gives uh, to me, this gives us, this letter to me gives us as good a of an opportunity as, as any letter in the New Testament to do this very thing, yep. to really study and, and be thoughtful and say, okay, I wonder why, why would Paul address that issue and why would he address it this way and how does it translate now, you know, 20 centuries yep. to and where if, I am? And if people want, uh, just for our church, if you're listening, you're thinking, I want to learn more about that. One, the sermons are going to ask that of mm-hmm. us. Your Wednesday Bible mm-hmm. study, mm-hmm. So which we're kicking off this week. Right. So Wednesdays at noon. Correct. Well, we eat at noon. We do Bible study at 1230. 1230. And those are streamed as well. But then also Kurt's book that he put together, Correct. which is a, a companion to this mm-hmm. whole season called Rededicate. And we have an online version of that. If you're listening from afar at fbca.org slash hello, you'll see a link to that. Okay. But we also have them printed. I didn't and know people that, could, but that's great. Yeah, I'm, we've I'm glad we have Yeah, it. David went through it and worked on getting it. <laughs> that's awesome. Dave McDurham uh, put it online for us. Look so at it's, us. And we're like the QR codes... Gotcha. Have links, you yeah, know, things right. like that. He's translated it for us so like that it. people can, you know, depending on where you are. But if you're thinking, yeah, I'm, I want to be part of this season of studying mm-hmm. more deeply, this is what we're talking about. We're mm-hmm. not necessarily hosting a class, an extra thing. Right. Sunday, Sunday morning preaching, Wednesday, right. Wednesday teaching, mm-hmm. and then this book from Kurt. Right. But those are the, the avenues mm-hmm. that That's we're using, right. the tools that we've put together for y'all. Mm-hmm. So, And the booklet is very helpful. It, it offers it's a uh, good book. Yeah, just resources and all the QR codes to take you to these different links. And, and Kurt even talks about what is exegesis, what, what is interpretation, what mm-hmm. is application, you know, what, what, are, what are yeah, these words mean? there's church history. Right. I, I was very impressed by it. We mm-hmm. really like it. Ryan, I may have joked about this last week, I can't remember. Ryan, my husband, took one home to him after a, a meeting, and he was like, I'm mad at all the people that won't read this. Like, our church has produced this <laughs> right. document that's really helpful yes. and helps you have a mature, mm-hmm. more mature faith. Mm-hmm. And he's upset with so many that might just leave it on the bookshelf or not yeah. pick it up. So anyway, that's my encouragement. If you want to go deeper, that's a great way to start. Yeah, it's really helpful. It, yeah, I'm excited about it. So, mm-hmm. Okay, so we talk about Corinthian society, mm-hmm. culture. Mm-hmm. It was just off the rails. Right. Lots of different religious expression. Absolutely. You've mentioned not atheist. I mean, no one's walking around saying there's no God, no. there's no spiritual realm. No, not in Corinth in the first century, for sure. So what was the dominant kind of religious religious flavor? Well, was it the Roman influence? Uh, I think you probably had a mix of both by, that, by the first century. You obviously, every major Roman city had some kind of imperial cult, mm-hmm. some kind of um, expression of the emperor is august. Mm-hmm. Or he's, he's God, he's divine. Mm-hmm. And so you have that. You also have the goddess Roma 
you know, which is kind of the spirit of Rome, if you mm -hmm. will, and this whole idea that that um, Rome was this divinely ordained mm -hmm. entity, not not just city, mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, but this just this reality that because think about it, the overwhelming majority of Roman citizens never set foot in Rome, mm -hmm. which is quite fascinating. Yes, um, because it became a, more of an idea as much mm -hmm. as anything, and so the goddess Roma had to had to be worshipped across the Roman Empire, but. In Corinth, though, you had a lot of emphasis on fertility, mm -hmm. and so mm -hmm. the goddess Aphrodite is the predominant um, goddess worshipped in Rome, and mm -hmm. so this massive temple. And, and, and from my understanding, <clears throat> correct me if I'm wrong, those temples for fertility, they were almost like sex temples. They were. I mean, they weren't just, That's you're not right. just worshiping the idea of fertility That's or praying right. to be fertile. Right. You're engaging. Correct. <laughs> they're, they're wild. You're right. Yeah. You, you, you know, it's a brothel. The, it is yeah. for the most part. And, you know, you have these, uh, what they would have called sacred um we would probably use the word prostitute. I don't know if that's really the right term, but yeah, be fair but really, it's who it's who these people were. And mm -hmm. so, yes, you know, the um, engagement with fertility was something that you actually participated personally in. Yeah, it and, was a big orgy. Uh, it was. Yeah, and that's what I mean. So, and, and Paul's writing. Yep. Yeah, so correct. So Corinthianize someone. We even have some records where there are like captains of ships. That wouldn't even let their younger sailors disembark mm. uh, in Corinth, yeah, because they just they didn't want to be corrupted yet. <laughs> and they'd head to the temple right. and, and be you have all these crazy um, archaeological discoveries of, you know, phallic symbols being mm -hmm. used as signs, you know, to the various temples and all mm -hmm. that kind of stuff. I mean, it it yeah, I mean it it was <clears throat> it it probably put Las Vegas to shame, to be mm -hmm. honest with you. Um, but it was uh, it was it was pretty debauched and immoral, and if you can imagine. You know, the most famous Christian alive, Paul, goes and spends a year and a half there and plants a church there and then <laughs> writes these massive yep. volumes of material. To so this when you place. think about Paul, well, I'm thinking about next Sunday, the sermons on sexual purity, Correct. Or this idea of fleeing from sexual immorality, Correct. pornea. Right. If Paul's, I mean, that would be obvious. It'd be <laughs> ripe for the picking for yes. Paul to talk about of course. what a good sexual ethic mm -hmm. looks like yes. to a society that right. has a, a very Correct. different approach. Mm -hmm. Like if you want to get a taste, um, Paul was in Corinth when he wrote Romans. So read Romans 1, and you get a little bit of a taste of probably of what mm -hmm. Paul was just witnessing and seeing mm -hmm. in the ancient city of Corinth. Yeah. You know, so. Which, of course, is Romans 1. It's quite the <laughs> graphic. Quite the graphic depiction uh, of is. sexuality. It yeah. Is. Yeah. Going so. wild. Yes. And it would make sense that he's looking out the window at mm -hmm. Corinth when writing it. Right. right? Correct. Okay. That's helpful. That's good. Mm -hmm. Okay. So can we shift or try to from. If the Corinthian culture, which is, we've admitted, uh, unhinged, mm -hmm. just wild, mm -hmm. and you're talking about the worlds that we live in when we're studying the Bible, mm -hmm. you've got that world, you've got what Paul's talking about, mm -hmm. and then you have our current world right. as the reader, as the interpreter. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. so you kind of even alluded to this. Um, I think this will be the, the theme of the Corinthian study that we're doing, that our culture is a little bit unhinged, mm -hmm. wild, mm -hmm. and it's got you a little bit on your heels. I feel mm -hmm. like... Not, a defensive might not be the right word because mm -hmm. that's a certain posture, mm -hmm. but you do feel, I think, a need to do some clear, clarifying work mm -hmm. and kind of discerning mm -hmm. us. I don't want to make it us and them, but does that make sense? Mm -hmm. It's got you a little bit like, let's really talk about mm -hmm. who we are mm -hmm. in light of this culture that we're living in. Mm -hmm. Is that true? You it want is to say, true. You want to uh, say some more about that? Yeah, I, I think that, um, I mean, I think you, you know me pretty well, and if these are church members listening to us, many of them would know me pretty well. I'm, I'm a 
very optimistic, gracious person. That's how I would view myself. Mm-hmm. And I'm not I'm not easily frustrated. I mean, um, I'm except for you know maybe Auburn football and Rangers baseball, but mm. but for the most part, mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm mm-hmm. not usually frustrated. Yeah. You didn't mention the Cowboys. Uh, well, you had to release them at some point. Yeah, I just gave. I've released them a while back. Yeah, I, I for your own re- heart rate. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. 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 Rangers might be that. the Rangers may be on right. that list. Anyway, yeah, but, yeah, um, but you are. You're you're agreeable. Yeah, you're nice. Yeah, yeah, I think so. Yeah. But lately, yeah, you got a little thorn in your side. I do. I'm 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 frustrated. My my society, my culture. And I, I usually use those words interchangeably. Yeah. You know, if you're a sociologist, you may quibble with me, and well, which is I'm which not, I'm okay so with. We're okay. But I think you know what I mean when I say it. I'd be interested in what you mean by my. Just yeah. the culture you're observing? Yeah, just the just culture what you're I'm living observing. in. Living in the, the 21st kind of, century America, yeah. just watching how we try to address um, challenges, crises, topics, whatever. Uh, it, it, it's almost like there's never an opportunity to have a reasoned conversation um, because normally the conversations it seems to me that we look for – are either ones that only affirm, bless, blow in in the sails of, encourage our position. And um, and so you're constantly looking for affirmation. And so it's, it's almost like um, we do it on social media. So if you've got some conviction about something and all of a sudden you read someone else that shares it that's influential or maybe there's some scientific study mm-hmm. that proves it, you know, you – you just post it on your social media platform, and then it's like, boom, mic drop. Mm-hmm. Told y'all, you know. Mm-hmm. I mean, I mean, it is what it is. Yeah, I win. The yep. rest of you disagree with me, if you will. You're just wrong. And you use the word reductionist in your sermon. It becomes right. a little bit reductionist. It's reductionist. Yeah. That's how I would view it. Yeah. That you just want to reduce everything down to this nothing but conversation. Yeah, kind of a sound bite. Yeah, and it just frustrates me that where's the I long for, uh, or the other conversation is just the antagonistic one. Mm-hmm. Which in the, in that one is not really a conversation. It's just two monologues existing side by side, mm-hmm. one trying to compete by being louder than the other. And unfortunately, mm-hmm. it seems to me that that whole the two monologues that are they're just yelling at each other. Yeah, are are what feed that those that particular dynamic. It just seems to feed so much in my culture, my society. It feeds commerce. I mean, if you want your um, TV broadcast. Uh, news channel to uh, be successful, then you've got to cater to one of the monologues. Mm. You can't offer just a broad, mm-hmm. general, reasoned perspective to where you see the value in 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 and hold things in tension because you're mature enough to hold things mm-hmm. in tension. It just feeds immaturity and volatility, mm. and uh, and I think it also fuels um, just just some of the the uh, polarization that we experience today. And so the reasoned middle seems like it's no longer even an option, which I, I completely reject that. <laughs> and I would contend that being able to hold things in tension and the, the inability to pigeonhole everyone is the healthiest way to do life. Mm-hmm. Uh, that that's, uh, I think that's the way um, we're supposed to do this thing in my opinion. But you, do you feel like, cause you mentioned this in your sermon, some people aren't giving you that space either. They don't. Like it's on right. a more personal level. On a more level. personal level. I, you, you, you heard some of that in the been, sermon Sunday. Yeah. You've been um, kind of put in a corner. I have been. I'm not I'm not a fundamentalist, mm-hmm. but I'm conservative yep. theologically. Mm-hmm. But I'm not a liberal because there, I do have, to me, I have some affinity for um, things that I've learned 
from a more liberal theological perspective. Even I don't fully agree with it. I've been informed, and mm-hmm. it's, it's caused me to think more deeply about mm-hmm. things yep. and to hold some things more loosely. Yep. So I, can, I feel like talked I'm about, mature enough to we've talked about yeah, that. live in the tension. Not that we need to right now, but there are certain social mm-hmm. issues or whatever that you— You've just been challenged from exactly rubbing up against people more liberal than Correct. you or whatever it might be, right. and it's made you think and right. be a little more and it, mature. It makes us all better. Yeah. But instead, now, it I feel like that, um, uh, as I said in my sermon Sunday, the the um, the the labeling people very quickly and the desire to do that because it's almost like we have to do that so that we can make sense of the mm-hmm. world, so to Quick speak. Categorizations. Yeah. Categorizations. So, Okay. Well, the problem with that is no one, I mean, someone of my ilk, you just don't fit. So I live in this third space all the time. Mm-hmm. And I'm, and I guess I've decided I'm going to start, I'm going to start clamoring for its place in the, in the landscape mm-hmm. that I really believe there are more people in this third space than we all realize. Mm-hmm. We're just not as loud as the people on the right or the left. Yeah, I agree with that. And so, um, so, so. I'm going to try to demonstrate some of that in my study and exegesis and, and proclamation of First Corinthians, mm-hmm. because there are some things in this letter that I'm firmly convinced of that I believe help shape my view of ministry, salvation, sexuality, uh, 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 the resurrection, <clears throat> future, uh, eschatology, um, church discipline, um, and how the how the church should exist. Uh, as the people of God is, is is an example, if you will, like a taste of heaven on earth. First uh, Corinthians offers me all of that, but in order to do that, I think you've got to be able to somehow enter into this dialogue or this conversation with the understanding that if you go too far one way or the other, you're going to, you're going to fall off mm-hmm. into a ditch mm-hmm. because it's almost it's almost inevitable. And so mm-hmm. that just seems to be what happens to people. And I think what it does is it causes people, many people, to just to just grow weary and it's almost like they just they just reject um the um the conversation as a whole is too much for them and so then they just kind of go with what they feel Mm -hmm. you know what i just i I just don't i just don't have that conversation it's too complicated y'all are too loud i'm just going to kind of go with what i think yeah oh man what a what a that's that's very sad to me um because i think there's just another healthier option and so i want to try to model that in front of my church Mm -hmm. May sound really, um, I don't know, almost like a, a, I'm on some kind of mission. I don't mean it to sound that way. I just think that a little, I'm a little I'm fire in your bones, though. Yeah, I'm I mean a little, it's okay I'm a to be on a mission. About it. Yeah. yeah, and so I feel like I've prayed about it. I've asked the Lord to offer me an opportunity to lead my church in a way that that helps them understand some of what I'm trying to communicate right now. And I think First Corinthians offers that to me. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. so. We'll see. <laughs> but, uh, that's the plan. Well, so far we're we're stepping into it, yeah. and so and of course yesterday Sunday, so we were off from Memorial Day. Today's Tuesday, yeah. which is throwing everybody off, right? right. It is. So right. Sunday, mm-hmm. it was an introductory sermon Correct. in the sense that this is setting the tone mm-hmm. and the kind of the guidelines, Correct. the guardrails for what we're going to talk about for weeks and weeks mm-hmm. and weeks. That was my hope. Yeah. One thing. Um, somewhat quickly so that, um, okay, if you're still listening and you need to go get a drink or put it on pause, <laughs> take a stretch, we're going to dive into a different topic for a yeah. second, but we're not done yet right. because I want to talk about this. Yeah. But you talked about, now I actually quoted you, I wrote it down. Mm-hmm. The the authentic Christian message must contain and embody a theology of creation, sin, and redemption. Correct. That these three have to exist. Mm-hmm. And you were kind of saying what, what I heard you say 
is that if you have one without the other two, you can really fall in a ditch mm-hmm. or have a, a, a faith that's not balanced Correct. with the real Jesus or whatever yeah. that might be. You want to talk right. a little bit yes. about that? But creation, sin, and mm-hmm. redemption. And, and obviously our our theological heritage as Orthodox Christians is broader than just those three components. Yes. But what's germane to this conversation mm-hmm. to me is those particular with aspects with the Corinthian particular, church yeah. or those three particular strands of our theology. Because if if you have a good, healthy, robust theology of creation, that's a really good thing. And when I th- okay, um, when when people think of creation, you could think of in the beginning the mm-hmm. cre- the, the ordered creation of the world. Mm-hmm. You could talk about the creation of man. Mm-hmm. So where where are you going with that right. when Just, you say that? I would say the whole thing, the idea that there's a there's a purposeful design behind everything, mm-hmm. and that the crowning achievement of that purposeful design would be human beings. And mm. human beings now have a beautiful privilege of shepherding and stewarding all that God has created. And you've been given this wonderful assignment and we play a unique role in it. And it's a beautiful thing. And every human being mm-hmm. has dignity and worth mm-hmm. and value. Mm-hmm. So, so very so high view of high each, view, each yes, human. Of every, even of, um, of the earth, of the world, mm. um, that we're supposed to steward it and protect it. And it's God's creation. Mm-hmm. And so we should be ecologically sensitive hmm. because this is not ours. We're, we're stewards. God told us to exercise dominion over this. Well, that means we're supposed to take care of it, mm-hmm. you know? Um, and so good. If you have that healthy, robust theology of creation, it, it, it enables, it fosters, it facilitates, if you will, a high view of humanity mm-hmm. and the dignity and worth of yeah. every human Which being. Which is a very Christian Absolutely. principle. Absolutely. And noble and right. Yeah. But if you end there. Mm-hmm. What happens? Then you, you then attribute too much to humanity and you don't factor in the fact that humanity sees itself through a broken lens. So you could stop there and just say every human is beautiful. That's correct. Whatever it is, we're we're born this way That's right. and let's celebrate. Just do whatever comes natural to you because yeah. you have a high view of humanity. Mm-hmm. Then you reduce then you in my opinion, <laughs> you 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 reduce Jesus to being a moralist, a good teacher um, maybe maybe um, someone who offers you a, a wonderful way to live, a great example, but he mainly exists to affirm, bless, encourage, mm. and and you call upon him. If if you stop with just a theology of creation, you typically call upon Jesus to be the master of your own cause, mm. whatever that might be. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I just think that's a dangerous thing. It's an inadequate view of of of, of theology, because there's also the fact that this this um, universe and and I would say creation itself is groaning because something happened mm-hmm. and that is the introduction of sin and evil in this world okay. and human beings. So tell us tell us more about that. You know, to me the theology of sin is mm-hmm. is that my natural desires have been corrupted. Mm-hmm. My 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 proclivities, my propensities, I can't just trust them. My, so when people say, "Well, you know, that's just the way you are. That's the way you were created. Mm-hmm. You just need to go with it." Well, I am who I am. That's right. That kind of yeah. Yeah. So the problem with that is my view, even of myself, is warped because I'm I'm a sinner. And so the the, the theology of sin basically says we can't just trust those natural inclinations. Mm-hmm. They've been corrupted. We've been separated from God. We've been separated from God's purpose. The whole unique design that God has for us has has been interrupted by sin. And so we have to acknowledge that when we talk about these desires and things that we think come natural to us, we, we can't trust them per se. We've got to recognize that they lead us to do some incredibly destructive things. And so look at our world. 
our world is full of destruction and and um, hurt and abuse and violence. I mean, history is riddled with it. It's a massive struggle for power and exerting power and and, and abusing others on on our trek to gain power ourselves. Um, and so it's just played out over time. And what did Adolf Hitler do? I realize that's a terrible example, Adolf Hitler. But the bottom line is Extreme. Adolf Hitler was convinced yeah. that this was right and he had a certain end. Mm-hmm. Well, the means justified the end to him. And mm-hmm. so why would we surprise that he did whatever, fill in the blank? Yeah. He, he had a certain goal in mind. Well, it was corrupt, evil, broken. Um, and so there's just that part of every one of us that we just have to contend with and admit. So to me... If I'm going to really understand reality and I'm going to truly be honest about what's going on in my world, I've got to embrace the theology of sin. But It has to live in harmony with the other two. That's correct. Because if you have a theology of sin without a theology of creation, yeah, then, then it becomes that? really destructive and yeah. empty, you know, mm-hmm. where there's really no value, if you will. People are just sinful. And then then you can start justifying the, the means in an entirely different direction, mm-hmm. if you will. It's just inadequate. But then the theology of redemption mm-hmm. is the idea and the belief as Christians that God intervened in all of this. And he has um, personally um, sent his son to us. And so the incarnation to me is this incredible gift from God that he is not going to stand by and watch this. He is going to redeem us from it and offer us an answer, rescue us from ourselves and in order for that to happen, sin had to be dealt with. And that's why I think that Paul said, when I came to Corinth, I didn't try to convince you with wisdom. It was, it was, it was a city dominated by Greek influences, but just an infatuation with human achievement, if you will. Paul said, I didn't come with it. I came with Christ crucified. Mm-hmm. That's what I proclaimed. Well, that was, that was a radical message why would Christ have to be crucified if we're all okay? You know, if we have a great theology of creation, why didn't he just come and show us a way to live? Well, he does show us a way to live, but he also died on a cross for us because sin had to be addressed. And so to me, the cross is where you find the 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 um, convergence of creation, sin, and redemption all come together on, at the cross of Christ. And it gives us a more fully orbed theological view that now offers us the ability to truly address what God has for us to do in this world, but also what's wrong with this world and how we can be used by agents of, of him to be agents of transformation and reconciliation, which is what Paul will call us to in the second letter to Corinthians. You know, again, writing to the same church in yep. the same community. You know, you're, you're not there to condemn, to judge. That's not the point. You're there to be agents of reconciliation that means you've got to have a good, healthy, robust theology to have the equipment to do just yeah, that. That's good. And I think it's surely true today in my culture. So, Okay. That's a lot. <laughs> no, it was very helpful, though, I think. Yeah. A high view of self in the right way, mm-hmm. that we're beloved by God mm-hmm. and, and can actually know Absolutely. him and reflect his glory in the world. Mm-hmm. But a high view of sin mm-hmm. that we, without the redemption part, are, are really... Not mm-hmm. able to do the first part. That's correct. And without, I see what you mean. Mm-hmm. They're kind of three balls we have to keep in the air. Mm-hmm. We have to keep those mm-hmm. all in tension together. Mm-hmm. Or we'll become fundamentalists or, or too liberal. Absolutely. You, you fall off mm-hmm. the road. Yeah. And it's easy to do, and a lot of people have done it. And yeah. I'm just determined to stay on the pavement <laughs> and out of the ditches. Yep. So good. It's kind of my, that's the image I carry. Well, I'm here for the journey. I think I'll be challenged mm-hmm. in it, and it'll make us better together. So. 
May it be so. May it be so. <laughs> Amen. Okay, well, there's a short intro to what we're going to do with First Corinthians. And we'll be back next week to talk about human sexuality. Mm-hmm. Stay tuned. <laughs> all right, well, thank you all for joining us. And we really will be back next week. Thanks. listening to the Tell Me More podcast today. You can subscribe to this podcast on your app of choice, or you can visit us at fbca.org to find out more information about the podcast and our church. Thanks for listening.